The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. This is the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, the two analysts, the breakdown guys for Big Blue View, your source for Giants news and analysis. We are continuing yet again onto the third show where we are previewing every single position group on this Giants roster, literally filling you in on every single guy to some extent in each position group, giving you something so you know where they stand on the roster, could they make the roster, could they see an increased role. All of that good stuff is what we have been covering so far. We've done the quarterback show, we've done the running back show. If you missed out on those, I fully encourage you to go back and listen to them. If you're curious on who maybe the backup quarterback will be, or who you think or want to know will be the second and third running backs on this Giants roster. Today's show, yet another smaller position group before we start diving into the very deep position groups, that being the tight ends. Even though this is going to be a roster spot that only holds likely three guys, four depending on what Jason Garrett wants in terms of personnel groupings. However, it currently has seven guys there are currently seven guys that are on this giants position group after free agency after the draft after undrafted free agency so this is already a really really deep group chris and there's going to be a lot of competition for that third spot uh and also for competition to make this even the practice squad you don't really hear that that often that there could be competition to make the practice squad of all spots yeah and this is a group that's there's going to be changed from the last couple of years due to the retirement of Rhett Ellison. So that opens up a spot on the on the 53 man roster for a tight end who wasn't there last year to potentially make it. And you know we've talked a lot about Evan Ingram, and that's I presume that's where we're going to start today. You guessed right, Chris. As we're going to talk about the lead man, the guy that has showed so much upside, so much potential has 
had a role where he's taken over games. He had an incredible rookie year with a depleted receiver group for the Giants a few years ago. But instead, what we've seen, though, as of late is when he's on the field, makes huge splash plays, huge production. However, it seems like he has an off tendency to not remain healthy. It's almost as if he's almost too athletic for his own good, that his body can't really hold up from taking all of these hits coming across the middle of the field. And we've talked about in detail already on previous shows about how Jason Garrett is going to use Evan Ingram. If you want to go back and tune to that show, we fully encourage you to. We don't want to be too redundant in those conversations. We see a lot more usage in the future for Evan Ingram if he's on the field. The real conversation that we want to have today, though, is... Is this now the make or break year for Evan Ingram? They extended him. They gave him his fifth year option on his rookie contract. So that means he has this season and the next season to prove that he is worth a long-term extension to stick around with the New York Giants and the tight end market will likely be reset by then by a top player that you might know as George Kittle. But Chris, is this going to be that make or break year, even though it's a year before his final year of his rookie deal? I think it could be, you know, I think that Ingram and the Giants are in a position where if he doesn't play up to his potential, you know, the, the kind of play we have seen from him, the kind of play we know he is capable of, I think the Giants might look very seriously at either finding a trade partner for him or just not picking him up after his fifth year. I do believe that if Jason Garrett does get creative with Ingram, decides to use his athletic ability, send him down the field, not across it. You know, those I am sick of seeing those three to five yard crossing routes with Ingram. I am just, I am sick of that. I don't want to see it again. Whatever page that is on in the playbook, if it's in the Giants playbook, tear it out, burn it. If Jason Garrett does get creative with him, uses Ingram's athleticism to supplement the Giants receiving core, he could have a big year and he could earn a long-term extension that could be a great value if he can't give them receiver-like numbers from the tight end position. If he doesn't, you know, I think we could see him, could see the Giants approach a team that does use the tight end position, that does make does make great use of the tight end position, like the Patriots, potentially the Buccaneers, although Bruce Arians never has. We do know Tom Brady does love him some tight ends. The Colts, maybe the 49ers. I, you know, we were talking about this pre show. I don't think the league wants to see Evan Ingram paired with George Kittle. I, I don't think the league is ready for that. But we could see the Giants try to move him and get something, some kind of return for him if he just isn't working out for them. Last season, he only contributed in eight games, and it was yet another year where he didn't make it very far. The way that I see that this strategy is working for extending him, and this is pure speculation, but I think that the the thought here was, all right, we've got a new regime and a, and a, and a new offensive play style that, that favors tight end usage. We're going to get Jason Garrett, his guy, and he's going to play hopefully really, really well. But if he does not stay on the field for at least 13, 14 games, then it gives you that extra year following this season in 2021 to explore 
trade opportunities. I think Evan Ingram, despite the injury issues, still has enough talent that the Giants could say, we don't want to waste any more time with this. And other teams would be willing to take a chance on a guy that's extremely talented, a game breaker, but might have some injury issues. I think some teams that are in a desperate uh, need of a, a huge playmaking tight end would be willing to, and, and that are also in a contending position, would be willing to put their best foot forward and say, all right, we'll send you a, a fifth or maybe, if we're feeling generous, a fourth rounder. I understand that doesn't sound very lucrative for the Giants, but if you get only eight games again, the Giants are probably going to be willing to trade him for whatever they can get so they don't have to pay him or they have to let him walk in free agency and someone else ends up reaping the benefits uh, of the spoils of letting him walk. Yeah, I, th- I think that might almost be the worst case scenario where you know, for some reason the Giants decide to let Evan Ingram walk and he winds up on a one-year prove-it deal with one of these teams that really makes great use of tight ends and they wind up getting a thousand yards and eight touchdowns out of him or something and uh, the Giants don't even get a comp pick for him. That I think would be kind of the worst case scenario. The Giants' backup tight end, honestly, Chris, I'm more excited about the backup. That is Caden Smith. While I have very high hopes for Evan Ingram and what he can do this next season, I still very much loved, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, I loved what Caden Smith did last year when he stepped into the spotlight. His production wasn't anything too crazy, but in six starts, Uh, He had 31 receptions, 268 yards, and three touchdowns. So was an outlet. He had a couple pretty big statistical games, some games where he wasn't really uh, much of a factor. I think that we saw early on what Caden Smith can be. And we haven't talked a ton about Caden Smith during this offseason, but I honestly think that Jason Garrett is creative enough he want, He's probably going to work in some more 12 personnel and find ways to get both of them on the field because, frankly, they both are really, really good receiving options, especially Caden Smith, who's taller than Evan Ingram, potentially using him, uh, and also heavier than Evan Ingram, using him in the red zone as some type of uh, red zone threat. I don't see him carving out a serious role, but I know that we're going to see a, a lot of usage from him considering that he is one of the more underrated receiving options on this Giants roster. Yeah, and I am on the record as a big fan of the 12 personnel package. I I love the potential of a two tight end set. I think Engram and Caden Smith together could have a lot of intriguing options where you could play a kind of traditional 12 personnel set, but you could also move Engram out as a receiver. You can move Caden Smith out as a receiver. We saw he could do that last year. You could move move either one of them into the backfield as basically a pseudo-21 personnel, a two-back set. So you could do all of these different looks, all of these different alignments. And the versatility of those, those two tight ends and the fact that we have seen them be productive, we have seen them step up. Caden Smith was probably the brightest point at, of the end of last year, the the way he came from basically nowhere to step up and first fill in for Engram. And then when Rhett Ellison went down with basically what turned into a career-ending concussion, he stepped up again and proved that he could be reliable. He could be a reliable blocker. He could be a reliable receiver. Having two guys like that 
maybe neither one is the best tight end in the NFL, but a 12 personnel package with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and Caden Smith, that's at least a personnel package you can work with. You can do a lot with that, and it presents a lot of different matchup issues. And if you have two really good tight ends that can be receiving options for Daniel Jones, you could run a lot of mesh concepts with the both of them to set picks off of one another and create space for the other guy. Just pick up a few chunk yards here or there in second and short, uh, third and short, because you have those big bodied box out receivers and one of them being quick enough to explode for a lot of extra yardage. Now, the, the biggest question here now for the Giants tight end situation, and I know it, this this sounds like it's not the most interesting thing, but it's it has to be the one thing to watch is who is going to be the third tight end. I don't see four guys sticking around on the roster. It's usually very rare that teams will keep around four guys. But right now you have Levine Toilolo, Eric Tomlinson, and Garrett Dickerson all competing for that third spot. And all three of them are very different sizes, uh, very different builds, but they'd all serve the same exact purpose, which is being a blocking tight end. All three of them, that that is really the only upside that they truly provide is clearing, clearing lanes and opening up holes on the outside. Maybe he catches a pass just to cause some uh, confusion and keep a defense on their toes, but that's about it. He's going to be blocking for you. Yeah, that and Toilolo and Tomlinson particularly in that that is their game. You know, Toilolo is just massive at six foot eight, and I, I mentioned this before we started recording. I was looking at a picture of him when he was with the Atlanta Falcons, standing next to a coach, and my God, his legs were up to the coach's chest. It, it's kind of ridiculous. Tomlinson, he's a little bit smaller, but again, very similar. He has actually been in the NFL for a lot longer than I thought. You know, he entered the NFL in 2015 and has been with the Eagles, the Texans, the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Giants. And in fact, the last four teams have all been since 2019. So, you know, the, those are two guys. You, if the Giants want a pure blocking tight end, they'll probably be picking from one of those two guys. Dickerson has always been, I think, a little bit of a disappointment. I know Pat Shermer's coaching staff loved him. He he was really versatile. He was kind of an H-back, you know, the tight end fullback hybrid. He could play out of the backfield. He could play detached, a little bit more on the athletic side, maybe a little offer some upside as a ball carrier, either receiver or runner. But he could either never stay healthy or never really – produce when he absolutely had to so I think this is kind of like a last chance for him but yeah I'm with you I think the real competition here is going to be between the three of them and if the Giants what kind of third tight end the Giants want and if I'm correct I believe Levine Toilolo is the biggest tight end in the league in terms of height at six foot eight uh, 268 so he's like you said massive 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 guy, and really his role that you're going to be getting out of him is strictly primarily blocking 
handling defensive ends as strongly as possible. I mean, he's so big that he's almost like an added offensive lineman to that point, which which honestly helps him out a little bit with uh, sticking around and, and staying on this Giants roster. We've got two more players that were undrafted free agents that we're going to touch on, but before we get to them, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Following the draft, the Giants signed Kyle Markaway out of South Carolina and Ryson John, the Canadian from Simon Fraser. Pretty unknown small school there. However, Ryson John is an anomaly and such an odd guy to really talk about because of how big he is and also his transition from another position. He is six foot seven. Only 220 pounds, however, because he was used as a wide receiver in his time at Simon Fraser. So the real talking point here with Rice and John is he is more developmental. He is not really competing for that final roster spot for the tight end group. He is a guy that it might take a few seasons because he is so raw. But if you can unlock what he has, could be a very, very good option in this tight end group. Yeah, he is really intriguing. Like you said, former wide receiver, it, just based on his size, is converting to tight end, maybe more of a hybrid tight end. I sincerely doubt he is two. He is still 220 pounds. And if he is, he will not be 220 for much longer. Just given his frame and you know, he's you know, still a young guy, he is almost certainly going to be adding on weight and he has plenty of room to add mass and get stronger. Yeah, I really would look at him and just kind of pencil him into the practice squad unless he is per- unless he is really impressive in camp and in preseason and the Giants just can't take a chance on cutting him. I don't want to be too absolute in this statement, but I honestly think that Rice and John is one of the closest locks to being on the practice squad out of anyone we're going to discuss because of what he offers as a developmental prospect. They're asking him to switch positions, but he has a very, very unique athletic makeup. And some people were saying that he runs a very fast 40 time. He's very quick for a guy his size, almost like a an elusive basketball player, a, a small forward or a shooting guard at the size that he plays at. And I like that in a tight end. I think that the, that the coaches like that in a tight end as well is having an additional piece that eventually 
in a few years, once he gets up to 240, he will be that that really, really good third tight end. But right now, because of the level of play he's coming from in the switching of positions, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. What makes him a lock for the practice squad is the fact that they're investing in the development of him. If he if he was already a converted tight end and he didn't have as much upside, I wouldn't really consider him for that. But because of what they're trying to get out of him and what we can kind of assume what they're trying to get out of him, he seems to be a pretty clear lock for the, the practice squad. Yeah, and you know, just reading up on him, Simon Fraser is the only Canadian school to play American competition, and they were doing so at the D2 level. So that that is just a massive jump up to the NFL and to do that and change positions that it would honestly be almost a miracle for him to make the active roster. In fact, even his head coach told Ed Valentine that basically the goal and a, a victory for him would be to make the practice squad. That's where they're looking right now. And, and John, I think is actually going to turn out to be, or not turn out to be, but has potential to be somewhat of a diamond in the rough type of a prospect. Um, you know, we're talking again, just talking about where he's coming from. He's coming from this tiny Canadian school at the division two level. If you can get out what he potentially has and unlock that he could end up being a really, really good third, third tight end in a few seasons. The last player, Chris is Kyle Markaway, as I said, out of South Carolina and folks, I'll be completely honest with you. I, I know Kyle, I, I trained with him at test um, in Martinsville, New Jersey during my pro day prep. He was one of the guys there. He was one of the top prospects there as well behind Kyle Murphy as well. Um, and you know, getting to be up close and personal with, with Kyle, he's a great guy. And at six, three, two fifty, he might be a little bit better off being used as somewhat of an H back, kind of like what we were talking about with Garrett Dickerson, because he's such a similar size. He's explosive. He's a really strong, strong player and athlete making him, likely being used more as a blocking style tight end, uh, you know, for those various reasons. So he also could be a, a clear cut practice squad guy because he's undrafted. He's got a lot of veterans to compete with for that third spot, but maybe in a few years could find his way onto the roster or on a roster of another team. Yeah. And maybe he could have a clearer route to the Giants practice squad. If the Giants do decide to go with Garrett Dickerson, if they decide to go with that H-back style of third tight end, well, then maybe they could also try to stash Mark away as a potential backup in case something happens to Dickerson or as competition for him down the line. To wrap up today's show, as we've done with every position group, we're going to talk about guys that we think are going to be cut and sent home as well as potential spots for the practice squad. From what we've discussed, I think that the clearest cut players are... Tomlinson and Dickerson, they are the most likely cuts because of Levine Toilolo, like I said before the commercial break, practically being an extension of the offensive line. You're going to bring him out there in those short yarded situations to bully, not so much bully, but be able to be an extra hammer, if you will, a battering ram against defensive ends to clear a little bit of additional room. Out of any of these guys, I think that additional size makes him all the more intriguing as as that third only used as a blocking type tight end. Yeah, if the Giants want a blocking tight end to be their third tight end, Tylolo is kind of the obvious choice. You know, they've got 
athletic receiving tight ends for you know at the top of their depth chart with Ingram and Caden Smith. So if they really want that big kind of slightly undersized offensive tackle, that's Toilolo. And unfortunately, you know, the numbers game just doesn't work out for Tomlinson and Dickerson. In terms of guys that are going to likely be on the practice squad, Chris, I wouldn't be too shocked if we end up with two tight ends if they really fall in love with with what they're getting from Rice and John and Kyle Markaway. If you were to pick one guy, though, if there could only be one player to make the practice squad, who do you think that would be? Would honestly say if it would have to be Rice and John just because of how much he has to learn you know he has to get bigger get stronger learn the tight end position learn the the style of play in the nfl coming from a d2 canadian school the potential payoff as a converted receiver with that receiver background with that level of athleticism he brings if he doesn't lose that as he gets bigger the upside there is potentially tremendous and i don't think the giants are going to get rid of that out of hand. I think they're going to try to keep that around if at all possible. I, I kind of set you up oddly there with that question because the the way that you, you responded to that makes me think even more to the fact that they're going to keep both guys in the practice squad. I, I don't think that's going to happen guaranteed, but I think that there's more of a likelihood than uh, most people would expect because all the, like all the stuff that we discussed, Rice and John has so much upside they don't want to just let him walk free. They want to keep him in-house and work with him. I would doubt any other team would be willing to sign the, uh, sign him to their roster as their last tight end, so they could very well keep him around, continue to develop him. But I see Markaway, because he's younger, as if someone gets hurt, you could quickly call him up in a short pinch to be that final tight end. The rest of the guys... Uh, out of Tomlinson and Dickerson, the only one eligible, if I'm correct, is Dickerson to be on the practice squad. And he's already been around for two years and he was a Shermer guy. So that's not really in his favor. Yeah, the this really is, I think, kind of Dickerson's last chance with the Giants. Like if he if he doesn't impress this summer, he's going to hope he impresses some other team. Certainly. So I, I, I would not be, again, I would not be shocked if the Giants decided to keep both undrafted free agent tight ends because of the circumstance of wanting to progress Rice and John into this position switch and make him into a huge playmaker because they're so hung up on the potential. And then uh, having a young player that if they needed somebody in a pinch that has special teams upside can come in and uh, you know, could come in and play if they needed to, if on a short week, if someone got hurt during practice, it mark away would make a lot of sense to keep around. That's going to be it from us folks here on the Chris and Joe show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you love the show, if you're a fan of big blue view and listening to our podcast, please go give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. Give us some positive feedback. Um, getting that positive feedback really helps us understand what you guys like as well as just giving us some motivation to understand that you guys really love listening to the show. In addition to that, be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII, and you can also follow the main page at Big Blue View, as well as heading over to BigBlueView.com for more Giants coverage. <laughs>